You're listening to What Book Hooked You. I'm Brock Shelley, and thanks for listening. In this episode, I talk to Axie O, whose debut, Rebel Soul, comes out on September 14th. And in this episode, you'll hear Axie talk about just how much fun she had writing this book, because it got to include so many of the things uh, she grew up loving. And I think, in turn, there's going to be a lot of people that love this book. So listen in. So, Axie, what book hooked you? Um, I think it was a, a lot of different books around the same time when I was eight or nine. Um, I was introduced to Robin McKinley, was one of the authors that I read a lot when I was young. Um, her novel Beauty, which was it's a retelling of a Beauty and the Beast. Uh, my aunt had a gorgeous SFF collection, science fiction and fantasy collection, and she had all of Robin McKinley's books. So she gave me Beauty, The Blue Sword, Hero in the Crown. Um, but at the same time, my local library, my librarian was amazing. And she also, she knew that I was a big reader. Um, and she gave me uh, a book by Teresa Tomlinson called The Forest Wife, which was a retelling of Robin Hood from Maid Marian's perspective. And I loved this book. I've, I've read it multiple times since then. Um, and also my brother, my older brother, he was reading at the time Redwall and Dragonlance books. And so I got into those. So it was like a combination of people around me who were avid readers. Um, and I kind of just started reading whatever they were reading. Um, I think the books that I found on my own though were like those long chapter book series um, for like that were that are like catered to young girls. So they had the Unicorns of Valinor series. I read all of those, um, and they also had these Royal Diaries books um, that were like diaries written from the perspective of royal princesses and queens. And I read every single book in that series, and I think that began my love of history too. So later in college, I was a writing and history major. And so when I was like eight or nine, all of these books, all of these people, I think started my love of reading. And so through all the books that you mentioned, there's a big kind of theme, uh, whether it is, you know, stories rooted kind of in fairy tales Mm -hmm. are, are kind of folk tales and then obviously kind of royalty and things like that. Uh, so was that usually what you went towards kind of more, whether it was science fiction or at least we would say fantasy as opposed to what other girls might have been into, like the Babysitter's Club and things like that? Yeah, I think so. I, I, yeah, I never read the Babysitter's Club, um, maybe because my brother didn't read those books. I mostly read what he had. <laughs> so I read um, The Boxcar Children. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I just... I read whatever was given to me based on like what I had previously read. So like my, the librarian would be like, Oh, so you like Teresa Tomlinson. You'll like Gail Carson Levine. You'll like Susan Fletcher. So she gave me these authors and I'm the type of person who, if I like a book by an author, I'll read like every single book that that author has written. Um, so yeah, I think it was less, I think it was less that I didn't have an interest in Babysitter's Club. It just, I didn't have anyone that was also reading that. So I didn't have anyone to talk to about it or 
you know, so I just, I pretty much read what, like, kind of, like, off of each other, whatever book led to the next, like, leapfrogging from each book to the next. Sure. And it sounds like you were a very avid reader. So it was like book, you were kind of obsessed with books. This was a big part of your pastime, would you say? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've only, I've always read a lot of books. Um, I used to have this notebook that I kept where I would write down every single book that I read. And I had like a legend that said like, oh, a star means I like it. Or a star with a check mark means I loved it. And so I think, and I used to pretend like I was a teacher and assign my stuffed animals <laughs> a book to read. But yeah, I think I just, I just, I've always just loved books um, and video games and movies. I've just, I've, I've loved everything. <laughs> but that, but that notebook was sort of like your Goodreads before there was a Goodreads, yeah. more or less. Yeah, <laughs> more or less. And then I had to later, I was bringing all those books into Goodreads and I couldn't find some of them. <laughs> That's great. And so while you're kind of reading all these books and, and, you know, skipping from one to the next as as you kind of journey through and discover new ones, at what point in time did you start getting interested in creating stories of your own where you're writing them down? Um, I actually didn't write until like late in high school. Um, I, when I was young, I was actually a, a bad writer. My I got I think when I was like in fourth grade, I came home with like, can you even get bad grades in fourth grade? But I came home with like a my essay where the teacher was like, your daughter needs to improve her essays. And so at the time, my brother had a tutor. And so the tutor, she was like, oh, you know, I'll help her figure out just how to write an essay, like how to write an intro and an outro and all that kind of stuff. And so <clears throat> she worked with me one-on-one. -on -one, and I got an A on the essay, and since then I've been confident in my writing. I've been um, – teachers have always praised me for not just uh, evaluating the books, but also they will praise me on my style of writing. <laughs> they thought I had a lot of flair. So um, I didn't really do creative writing until high school, but my whole academic life, I had been praised on being a good English student, a good student in um, English and history. And then when I was in high school, um, I wrote my college essay um, for to apply to colleges, and I made all my teachers cry, and I made all my friends cry, and they were like, wow, you really moved us with words. And uh, my teacher put the essay actually in the, even though I wasn't in the creative writing class, he put it in their anthology because he just thought it was really good. Um, and he encouraged me to pursue creative writing in college. So that's so that's where how I started writing. I I did a creative nonfiction at first, um, and then I got into fiction in college because I took a fiction course. And so that college essay that you wrote, what was what was it about? What was so touching about it that that it affected so many people that read it? Oh well, it's um, so so my older brother I mentioned he actually passed away. Um, when I was 16, uh, when I was 13, he was 16 from leukemia. So the essay was about him and how, how much he taught me as a person and how I'm strong because of him, how I believe in myself because of him, that kind of stuff. So it was like, it was a definitely a tearjerker. Right. Well, that's great. Mm -hmm. And so you went into college, uh, you were encouraged to 
pursue writing in college, but is that what you went through college for originally? Um, I didn't have a, I didn't really have uh, like a goal in college. I went in as a undeclared major. Um, and then when I started taking my classes, I took one of my first classes was fiction writing and I loved it. And I took, um, at the same time I was taking history uh, classes. So I became a double major in writing and history. And I kind of just went from there. <laughs> I guess I was thinking that I'd become a teacher or an educator. Um, when I was young, I always thought I would be a, a doctor or like a nurse or something because my family is in medicine. But um, everything that I've been, that has given me confidence, all the things that I love are English or history based. So I just decided to pursue that in college and it's, it's been great. <laughs> and so do you remember what books you were reading in college? Were you able to read any books sort of for fun in college where, or were you so bogged down with other schoolwork that it wasn't really time that you could find for that? No, I definitely, I definitely read whatever I wanted in college. <laughs> um, I read a lot of Georgette Hare who does like, um, she does like Regency romances that are like Jane Austen-esque. Um, I just read like every young adult. I was an intern actually at Writer's House and I read a lot of books for my boss at the time. Um, like I would read the read books uh, that he, clients of his, but I'd also just read books uh, to reference his, his clients. So I'd read books um, just that are on the shelves. Like in college, I, that's when I read The Hunger Games. That's when I read Divergent. Those books came out when I was in college. Um, and yeah, I just read whatever I wanted. And I was like the librarian of our dorm. Everyone would come into my room to take out books for me. And I'd get so upset once they brought it back with like food on them. <laughs> um, yeah, so. And so, I that, whatever I <clears throat> and so that internship that you mentioned at Writer's House, did that really... Uh, help motivate you to uh, kind of pursue being a writer even more and, and at the same time we sort of give you insight to what publishing is all about? Yeah, 100%. Um, it showed me like all of the inner workings. It showed me the dedication that agents have to their uh, authors. Um, you know, I learned a lot about royalties. I just learned a lot about the industry, all that background stuff that I think really helps to know when you're pursuing a career in writing because it is there is a lot of stuff that goes into a book that you wouldn't necessarily know when you're just writing the book or you're just drafting it um, because like for me I would write long editorial letters well they're called they're called readers reports mm -hmm. I would write long readers reports for um, my boss's clients and then his assistant would give comments on my reader's reports, and then he would give comments. So this author is getting a lot of um, good critique from three different people just from her agency. So I was really impressed with all of that. And at the same time, I was in critique groups with my in-class, like my in-class critique groups. So. And so at what point were you able to take your first kind of stab at writing uh, a full-length uh, piece of writing or what you would consider a novel? I started my first novel right after college. After I graduated from college, I wrote 
like a really epic portal fantasy. Um, that's just like everything I've loved uh, in a book because I was a huge fan of um, his dark materials when I was in middle school. Um, and so I wrote this like epic fantasy and I plotted it out too. It was three books and I told all my cousins the whole plot of the series. Um, and so, yeah, I read that whole book and I loved it. I loved it so much. I gave it to all of my cousins to read and they were so supportive. Um, but yeah, that was, it was right after college is when I wrote my first book and it was like written in three months <laughs> and it was really bad. And so other than giving it to your cousins, did you try to do anything else with the book? Send it out to yeah. agents or anything? Um, sort of. I entered online contests just to get the like the feedback that the, the immediate feedback from strangers. So I entered Miss Snark's first victim. Um, it's like a contest for writers where the agent reads the first couple of, I think it's the first 500 words or first 250 words. And then they give commentary and then they'll choose two to three winners. <clears throat> and so I posted the first chapter of my book at the time and it actually, it, it got third place. I mean, it was, it got like the third request of the three. So that was really encouraging. Um, and I sent it to her and she had really good comments, um, that were encouraging, but also it made me realize maybe this isn't, maybe I need to work on my writing more before really querying. I only queried five people and I only queried people that I knew wouldn't like the book because <laughs> I kind of was like, I kind of wanted it to fail. I don't even know. It doesn't make any sense. But um, yeah, I, after querying five people, I decided that wasn't, this isn't the book that I need to work on right now. I'll let it sit for a while. So I put it aside and did you ever end up coming back to that or will you come back to it at some point do you think yeah i think so i think like the original version of it was very uh, what's the word just bland <laughs> it's like it's like every other book that's out there um but i think that if i did it again i would just revamp it and put my more of myself in it more of my culture in it more of my voice in it um but yeah i think I love portal fantasies. So if I ever get to write it, it'll be just a nice dream come true. That's great. And so then after you kind of put that one away in the shelf, um, what came next? Actually the first draft of rebel soul came next. Okay. Um, yeah. So this was 2013. Um, and I wrote the first draft of rebel soul in like, uh, six months, I think. And then I uh, I did start querying it, but it's a sci-fi dystopia, which at the time was a very difficult sell because that was when Hunger Games, Divergent, all those books um, had been out for a while. So I was getting a lot of feedback that was like, you know, we, we're just not taking dystopia. It doesn't matter if it's other parts. Like my book, I think, is more of like an anime dystopia than a YA dystopia, but um, I was getting a lot of feedback that, they're just like, we can't look at it. We can't even think about it. So I was like discouraged, but I really love the book. And so before we get too much farther into Rebel Soul, can you give a brief sort of synopsis of what the book's about? Yeah. So um, it takes place in like a, in a futuristic alternate Korea. Um, and the main character 
Um, his name is Lee Jae-won. So in Korea, it's like the last name first and, and then and then the first name. So his name is Jae-won. And he um, lives in old Seoul. So in my future Korea, Seoul is uh, divided into old Seoul, which is like pretty much just modern Korea right now, but just run down. And then Neo Seoul, which is high tech, futuristic. And my main character, he's from old Seoul. He's a ex-gangster. He used to belong in a gang. Um, and right now he he attends an academy, on, uh, attends an academy on a scholarship. And so the book is about him getting recruited into this program called the Amaterasu Project. And my main character, he meets the project's main weapon, which is this girl. And she's this sort of enhanced human superhuman who's going to be the new pilot for a machine they're making called the God a God machine, which is um, like a Pacific Rim, like a Gundam, like a giant robot, human piloted robot. Mm -hmm. And so my main character sort of starts to get to know this girl and he, they, they, be, they form a friendship and he starts to realize the government is not what it seems. And um, he's really resentful of his past because his father was a rebel. And so he's like coming to terms of coming to terms with his legacy and also the future. Um, and it's just like a fun sci-fi adventure that has elements from anime and K-dramas. Um, and yeah, it was just really, really fun, so much fun to write. So hopefully it's fun to read. <laughs> so what then what was kind of your first uh, initial kind of idea or spark that kind of started you thinking about and eventually writing this book? Like during my senior year of college, I was watching a lot of anime and watching a lot of Korean dramas. And so um, I had this idea for a book that was like an anime, with, but with characters that I understood, like Korean characters, because I'm Korean. And so I had this dream one night where there was, in the dream, there was this girl on the top of the highest building, highest building in Seoul. And she was just standing there listening to a song in the wind. And it was like, a beautiful song and she was crying and it's because she's never heard a song before and it made me wonder like what type of person has never heard a song before especially in korea where like k-pop is so popular <laughs> um so that started like that was like the spark i had that dream and i think it was because i was watching so much korean dramas <laughs> um and then i started writing the book like later maybe six months later after i wrote my first book i just wanted to put everything that I was I learned in college like all because I was a, a Korean history major specifically I wanted to put everything that I learned in college into a book that just had everything I loved in it um and it's interesting because there aren't that many books at the time there weren't that many books out there that were why sci-fi set in non-european not non-western settings the one of the stories I read that really helped inspire me was a short story in an anthology called Diverse Energies, um, which is actually published by my publisher, uh, two books. Um, and in the short in the short story, which was written by Cindy Pon, um, it's called Blue Skies. Um, it's a short story sci-fi dystopia set in Taipei, Taiwan. And that was like one of the first times I ever read a YA type um, story set in Asia 
um, that was a sci-fi dystopia. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is so cool. And so that really inspired me too. Um, but nowadays, I think there's more books coming out that are set in non-Western settings. So that's really good. <clears throat> and so because when you were writing this book, uh, and it had so much uh, you loved uh, with with the music and the culture, and then obviously things from you were studying in college and you were kind of steeped in from obviously having the right papers on and research and things like that. Was this book relatively easy to write or were there still some, some struggles and some, some uh, hurdles that you had to kind of get over in order to complete this book? Um, I think the, the draft was, it wasn't necessarily, not necessarily easy, but it was, it was fun to write so it was a joy <laughs> it was more afterward when I was doing revisions was the hard part because then you have to kind of shrink that that draft you hope <clears throat> you have to make it into a coherent story <laughs> with the plot and characters that have a character arc uh, my original like pitch was just sad boy meets girl and features to Korea, which is not a pitch. Um, so I needed, like, I needed a plot. I needed, you know, I needed um, these sort of structure that was harder to do because I was, I already had, I already had written a book, but I had to somehow make it into a readable book because someone else was going to read it, not just me. So I think it was more the revisions was the difficult was the difficult part. The drafting drafting is always fun for me for all of my, all of the books I've written. Um, but I think that's because I know I have to revise it later, so I can draft and have fun, and it can be really bad. Um, but then the revisions come, and that's difficult because that takes a lot of work. That takes time because you have to send it to critique partners, and they give feedback. I have multiple critique partners. I have beta readers. Um, and yeah, so it had, it had gone through a lot of revisions even before my editor saw it. And then after with my editor, we did even more revisions. So um, yeah, revisions are hard. <laughs> and so what was the uh, querying process like for this book? Did I'm assuming you sent it to more than just five uh, people this time? <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, not too many more, um, because it. I didn't actually sign with an agent on this book. Um, I won two book my publishers award. They have this annual award um, called the New Visions Award, and I submit. And it's only only authors or only writers of color who are unpublished and unagented can enter. So I entered with my book in two thousand fourteen. Um, and then I won the award in 2015. Um, and then I wrote another book, and that's what I signed with my agent. So this book actually didn't – it went through maybe, like, 15 queries until I was, like – until I found the brochure for the award. And, all again, like, the queries were saying that the dystopia was a – like, dystopia as a genre wasn't something that they were interested in. But the awards that they were looking for sci-fi. And so I was like, oh, why not? And so I sent it to um, the New Visions Award. My editor ended up loving it. And she's a huge K-drama, K-pop fan, too. So I think that helped. <laughs> and so 
that you won that in 2015. It's now 2017. The book will come yeah. out September 14th. Was that, and you know, you had mentioned how quickly you know you were able to write that first draft. So with how quick you're able to write these things, is it kind of painful to then have to wait this long uh, and go through these revisions to what you're finally going to be able to get this book out into the world? Um, it's it's painful, but it's it's necessary. Like. I if that book had gone out after when I first wrote it, I would probably be panned for like all doing all the things wrong. <laughs> Just you know, I needed I needed that time. I needed to become a better writer. I um, I went through entire two years of grad school between 2015 2017 for writing. It was an MFA, so um, I had teachers working with me to improve my craft and so I just I think I'm really grateful actually that I had because I'm still young too I'm in my 20s and so I just I really wanted um that time I really needed um to build my craft more because this was my second book um full book um I had written a lot of short stories in college um so I really wanted I really, I'm really great that I kind of honored the book. I really gave it the time it needed, the work, um, and so I'm proud of it the way it the way it came out today. And I did it did need those two years for sure. And even though it, we're recording this before the 14th, and and this will come out before then, uh, there are arcs out there already, and people have been able to read it, and you've probably been able to get feedback from complete strangers whether through goodreads or somewhere else how has that been thus far being able to know that p- there are people out there reading your book and enjoying your book with these this story and these characters that you created um it feels it feels great <laughs> um and also surreal cuz like again the book's not out yet and i haven't even seen the final copies so it doesn't even feel real to me so when people um are talking about I've had someone draw fan art of the book and that was like amazing. That's my wallpaper of my uh, phone. And I just, I'm just so grateful and happy that people are, that are people are reading it and liking it. Um, some of the trade reviews have given it starred reviews, which I was like, wow, that just like makes me really happy, especially coming from like the MFA background where like they really respect, um, you know, like literature and craft to get those reviews is really, um, really nice and it makes me really happy um and also just just the just the love and attention it's getting online um from a lot of young asian authors asian writers and readers too which is which was was me and is me so that makes me very um proud and happy um yeah it's like it's it's strange. I mean, I, my family hasn't yet found got it yet because it's not out yet. So that'll be weird having like a sec like a second cousin sure. calling me to be like, "Oh, I didn't know you were a boy in Korea or something." Like, it's not a diary. <laughs> and when you think of how big of a reader you were growing up, if a young actually could get a hold of a copy of Rebel Soul, what do you think? the younger version of yourself would think of this book? Oh, that's so interesting. Um, I hope she'd like it. I mean, I think she would because when I was young, um, one of the things I loved about books 
not just um, story and characters. I actually, I really loved like writing. Like, I loved words. I love sentences. And there are, book, there are lines I put in the book that I think young Axie would appreciate just because she'll think it's pretty or it's dramatic. Um, but she, I didn't really, I mean, the sci-fi I read when I was young was like, like Shades Children by Garth Nix, a darker sci-fi. So I wonder if, yeah, I think she'd like it. <laughs> Hopefully. I think she'd like reading a book with like a Korean protagonist. <clears throat> and was it a lot of fun as, you know, this debut reader that you've had this book and you've showed, you know, a different version of to so many people to be able to write those acknowledgments there at the end and, and thank all the people that kind of guided you through this process? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was also really hard because there were so many people. Um, and then it's, I, I think my acknowledgments were like three pages or three or four pages long. They're really long. Um but, you know, it's your debut book. You know, why not? And I also have, like, Korean in my acknowledgments, which was probably difficult for the printer. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was, you know, it's a, it, it makes me really happy to honor the people who have helped me and who I really do appreciate to have them in the acknowledgments. It, it does mean a lot. It took me a long time to write those acknowledgments, but it was worth it. And did you... Uh, dedicate the book to anybody? Yeah, it's dedicated to my brother. So oh, that's is great. Jason. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. And uh, and uh, you know, just from your story, he was obviously played a big part in your early reading life, and uh, definitely showed you a lot yeah. of your early books. That's great. Yes. All right. Well, a few questions, sort of, I guess, as we kind of wind down here. Uh, the first one is, what is your favorite movie based on a book? Ooh, um, well, Howl's Moving Castle by Dinah Wynne-Jones um, is a Hao Miyazaki film, um, but it's very different than the book. I kind of see them as separate, the film and the book, um, but I love them both so much. Um, and then I guess like maybe a direct one also, like Pride and Prejudice, but I think it's just kind of like the book, like any adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, I like, so I don't even... <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> So then on the flip side of that, not necessarily a movie, but when you think of like Pride and Prejudice is considered like a classic piece of literature. Could you think of a classic piece of literature that's world renowned maybe, it's it's widely read that you just for whatever reason can't stand or just have no interest in? Um Yeah, in college uh I took a I took a class and we read on the Road by Jack Kerouac. <laughs> and I just, I guess I just didn't relate at all to the book. I didn't, it's not that I dislike it. Um, I just, it's not a book that's on my bookshelf right now. Sure. Um, but I understand, I mean, it's like, I don't, I don't dislike most books. It's more like some books are just not for me. And that's, that's, that's no one's fault. <laughs> right. And that book is just not for me. That's fine. And then finally, what is the last great book that you've read? Oh wow. Um Oh, I recently read and this book this book doesn't even isn't even out yet. It comes out in October. Um Forest of a Thousand Lanterns by Julie C. Dow. Um and it's this beautiful um like origin story of a villain who's like 
the evil queen in Snow White, but it's set in a backdrop of this Chinese inspired setting. And it's just, it's like, it's like so smart. Like the book is beautiful. It's lush. And it's like got a very strong, interesting character who's not necessarily likable. Um, but the way it's set up is that at the end I was in tears just because of the emotional journey this character goes on at the end is just so beautiful and bittersweet. And there's this image of the lanterns. I mean, I just, it's like a book that um, made me cry. So I feel like that for sure factors into a book that I think is great because I I felt those emotions when I read it. That's great. Well, actually, thanks so much for joining me. The book Rebel Soul comes out September 14th, and I wish you and the book all the best. Thank you so much for having me. And that does it for another episode of What Book Hooked You? Special thanks to XEO for joining me. Make sure you check out her book, Rebel Soul. comes out September 14th. And if you're a fan of the podcast, consider reaching out to us on Twitter, at Book Hook Podcast. I'd love to hear from you. My name's Brock Shelley, and until next time, keep reading. <laughs>